This podcast may contain explicit language. This is the Dynasty Download Podcast. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan. Ethan Hamilton here. Yay! It's the first <laughs> day without it. Welcome maybe, to 2021, uh, folks. And tonight maybe, we are... Maybe, do you think I could add three-time finalists? Three straight finalists? No, it just doesn't, it doesn't sound good. just doesn't sound good. You gotta win it. Gotta win it. And tonight we are previewing the NFL wildcard weekend 2021. But first, a few housekeeping notes. If you would like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at dynastydownload10 at gmail.com. Again, that's dynastydownload10 at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to be on our mailing list this year or going forward, please contact us there, especially as we head into the offseason. This is where we separate ourselves as a show and a league format. You're not going to get any better NFL or NFL offseason coverage or NFL and rookie draft coverage than right here, uh, especially as it relates to your fantasy teams. Most shows stop about this point after they've gone through their fantasy season. We're continuing right on through the playoffs. So with that, we're done with the 2020 NFL regular season. So let's get into it. The playoffs are set. What notes from the season do you have, and what are your biggest surprises quickly looking back on the 2020 season? Quickly looking back on it, I'm really surprised how all summer long we were harping at, you know, be patient with wide receivers, be patient with wide receivers, and wide receivers are the people that blew up. It was being patient with the running backs is really what this season was kind of all about. I was really surprised how quickly these rookie wide receivers took over, really took over the league and uh, the bright future that they all have. Yeah, as somebody who stacked up on a couple of those rookie wide receivers, it really paid off for me as uh, Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk really kind of carried my team at times this year. And running back is going to, as much as it's a scarce position, I think it may be even more so next year. And it's going to be kind of a weird up and down thing. I think running backs are going to have resurgence. I don't think we're going to have the same type of year where we have a lot of these studs injured. And so you may see uh, a bunch of guys go off for really big seasons at the running back position, but you definitely need to have guys that are involved in the passing game. So the Christian McCaffrey's, the Saquon Barkley's, the Dalvin Cooks, those kind of guys, Alvin Kamara, with the rare exception of Derrick Henry, the old days of the running back position are pretty much gone. And so with some of the free agents that uh, are going to be on the list, I know we've talked a lot about Aaron Jones. We've talked about Allen Robinson. Uh, there are a bunch of guys that are going to be changing teams because the salary cap, if it's not going down, is at least going to be staying stagnant at the very least. And so it's going to affect a lot of teams' ability to wheel and deal as they continue to try and maneuver around certain positions. But I'll agree with you again, and we were kind of discussing it before we went on the air uh, tonight, that Devontae Smith just won the Heisman Trophy uh, first wide receiver to do that since 1991, only the third wide receiver in the modern era. I think there was a, a really old uh, wide receiver, a guy that could be considered a wide receiver that they don't include in that stat. But essentially, Tim Brown, Desmond Howard, and now Devontae Smith. And as many as, or excuse me, as much as the position has evolved and for the influence of seven-on-seven drills how much pickup football is being played uh, in order to limit the amount of injuries and uh, contact. I think we're only going to see wide or the wide receiver and the quarterback positions become that much um, bigger in not only regular football, but fantasy. And given that I think uh, Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill finished pretty close, if not pretty straight up, it, it depends on how your points were for your league. If you were in a standard PPR league, I would say that Devontae Adams and uh, Tyreek Hill probably finished damn near the top uh, this season as far as wide receivers overall, or excuse me, as flex position players. So they'd be right up there with the Dalvin Cooks, the Alvin Kamaras, uh, that sort of thing. I think this is a evolution that has, or that 
has been coming, but is also here to stay. The other thing I'll say as far as uh, the 2020 season, we said this in our preview, we mentioned it throughout our coverage, but are you at least a little bit? I, I To me, I'm somewhat shocked that we've gotten through this entire season without having a week 18, that we didn't have any real big canceled games, we didn't have any major postponements, that we just kind of pushed through and it kind of worked itself out. I know that we already have a COVID-influenced playoff game, which really sucks for the team that happened to because they were the team with the longest playoff drought. Oh, I can't even remember who the longest. Oh, the Jets have the longest playoff drought at this point, uh, going back to 2010, which uh, frankly is expected. Once the Browns and the Buccaneers got off of the snide, uh, it it had to be the Jets. But that being said, the the fact that now we're going to have some of these COVID-influenced playoff games is just kind of disappointing. But still, we're going to have the after effects of 2020 for quite a while. I'm just surprised that we were able to get through it get all the games played, get all the fantasy in when I think when we came on for the preview episode and even our pre-draft episode, we we're basically, well, we're going to go through the exercise, but we have no idea if this is going to end up being a thing yet. Yeah, I don't think you and I were too high on the season really finishing out. I think we were pretty tough about it, if I recall, but I'm really surprised that they finished the entire season, honestly, on time and as well as they did, there were sometimes, especially, you know, the Steelers kind of got screwed out of a couple of games and a couple of situations they didn't get to play on national television. You know, there were a lot of buys that were moved around and logistically as an NFL, like I would have hate, hated to work in the NFL office this year. Like it would have just sucked. Pulled it off and it was really, really impressive that they did. And especially at a time too when the country kind of just needed sports, like just a little bit of normalcy. And to be able to turn on the television and to be able to see games every Sunday, sometimes Monday, sometimes Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday, most of the time on Thursday, you know, that was, it was nice. So yeah, I got to take my hat off to the NFL because they did a really, really good job this year. So as much as I've criticized the NFL for some of its institutional policy, its inability to move at times, I have felt that they're one of the better leagues, at least for product on the field and for their ability to be flexible. Uh, They're probably one of the worst of them off the field, but at least on the field, they've been able to figure most of this out. And again, maybe this is more hindsight than it is what was in the moment, but really sports didn't truly come back or make a big deal about coming back until the point where the NFL basically released its schedule and says, we were going to go ahead with the season. Uh, The rest of the league started to kind of figure out and put things together. The NBA, the NHL, and then um, Major League Baseball followed suit. But I, I think it was the NFL kind of leading the way on this thing. And for all the other leagues having to have shortened seasons or adjustments, The fact that we got a full NFL season without any major incidents, nobody died. um, I I don't think, I mean, you could maybe make an argument that like the Patriots season was really hampered by the fact that Cam Newton got COVID because after COVID, he just was not the same player as he was before. But how many of these other guys, I I, I dare say, uh, were the same? I mean, To a certain extent, you could maybe make the argument that Ezekiel Elliott, having it in the preseason, he was not the same player most of the year. But who knows? Uh, I cannot generate causality from any of that. So it's the end of our first season doing this. And thank you for following along with us. So um, also thank you to you as a a co-host for taking this experiment with me. But uh, let's turn our attention going forward, though. We're getting into the wildcard weekend. This is the first year with this new playoff format, getting seven teams into the playoffs. Did you like having that seventh team? Did it make week 17 a little bit more interesting? Uh, What do you think? Absolutely. I think it made week 17 more interesting, you know, because typically there's typically, you know, two teams kind of get the bye, right? Am I? Yes. Yes. Am I making that right? Right. So, you know, the Packers, as us being Packer fans, as we said before, 
we probably wouldn't have even cared about week 17 because, you know, obviously number one seed was on the line, but we would have had numbers two anyway, and you still get that first round by. That's really what I'm most concerned about. And so you had to play kind of the whole season for the bye. Like that was a must win game to make sure you had it. So, you know, I, I think it is exciting. I wouldn't like to see any more teams added, but I really think they got to figure out, you know, that that NFC division, like I don't even want to, I don't even want to say its full name, but that NFC division does not deserve a team. Like they, they really don't deserve a team. So I still feel like automatic division winners getting an automatic home game. That one bothers me. They maybe they can get into the playoffs, sure, but if the if they're playing against a team that's got a better record, they don't deserve a home game. That that should be a privilege, like not a right. No, if you say that you get a playoff seed because you win your division, that's fine with me. If you're saying you're getting a home game, that's a bridge too far for me, and I've said that for many years. So I'm in 100% agreement with you on that front. The one thing I will say is, much like the NHL, well, the NHL is a little bit different because some of the lower seeds do actually have uh, some competition. You've seen a lot of eight seeds beat ones, sevens beat twos, but I'll compare it more to the NBA. If they added an eight team to each conference's playoff seeding. The first round of the NBA playoffs most of the time is almost unwatchable. Uh, you might get a good game out of your 4-5 uh, matchup or your 3-6, but most 2-7s, 1-8s are just basic sweeps or, you know, yeah, it, there's not a whole lot going on. Occasionally you'll get a Warriors-Mavericks 2007 situation, but that's the exception, not the rule. And because of that, I think there are going to be several games this weekend I think we're kind of excited going in, but I'm looking at some of these matchups, and these could be absolute blowouts. I know most people are thinking the Bears-Saints game is going to be an absolute blowout. Uh, I think the Brown-Steelers line has probably moved since I put it in the show notes as to what the, the betting angle on it is, because the Steelers were already favored. Then Stefanski's out for this weekend. I know that they have a couple of players that are going to be out for this game, so I can only imagine that line increased by a significant amount. And I think that if you added an eighth team to both conferences, you're talking about some very unwatchable playoff football, which is not what we've normally had to be the case. Most of these games are usually competitive. And while some of the teams, or excuse me, some of the games coming into week 17 were a little bit more anticipated, I was looking forward to the Bears-Packers game. I was looking forward to you know, some of the other matchups that were going on, seeing what was going on with the Titans-Texans game. That one was a little bit more exciting than it probably should have been. Bills-Dolphins, at least for the maybe the first quarter, was at least something I was keeping an eye on generally. But the, the simple fact is, is by the end of what happened in Week 17, it was kind of a dud. And part of that had to do with putting that NFC Least game on Sunday night with the whole Eagles thing that happened, which I, I don't know whether you want to comment on that or not, but that's neither here nor there for me. I'll focus on the teams that are actually going to be in the flipping playoffs, but I, I don't know. I'm concerned with any time you try and bite too much off of the adult or Apple and it waters down the product. So do you want to jump into the previews? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So my game of the weekend is the Ravens at Titans. I honestly think, and the Ravens are currently favored at Tennessee. I think part of that has to do with the Ravens beating Tennessee earlier in the season. I also think of uh, it having to do with the Titans have been kind of more up and down lately, as opposed to the Ravens, who seem to be on a hot streak over the last uh, three or four weeks. They've mostly beaten up on bad teams, with the lone exception being that Monday night shootout with the Browns a couple of weeks back. But what is your game of the week? I think for me, an easy call would be Rams Seahawks, but I'm not going that way. I'm going to go Browns and Steelers. I feel like the Steelers are kind of going in the opposite direction. They started the season out. The Browns, yes, I realize they're going with COVID, dealing with COVID, but they haven't been here in so long. Like they have to be an energized bunch. I'm really excited to see what the Browns have to offer, you know, and if they do come out and lay a dud, then they do have the logical excuse that, yeah, they, they were dealing with COVID and everything that comes with COVID all week long and like that would be understandable but I'm really excited to watch Brown Steelers typically those are fun really hard hitting games and old school football so the Steelers defense is missing several big pieces to it I think Ben save for the exception of that second half against the Colts two weeks ago 
has just not been the same quarterback with arm strength and the rest of it for most of the season, and that's really held them back. Their offensive line can't run block right now. They're one of the worst ones in the NFL, and that's really held them back this year. I kind of see these franchises going in opposite directions, where the Steelers are becoming either uh, average or below average as the season's gone along, where the Browns seem to get a little bit better. But I agree with what you're saying. The Browns are going to get the, or excuse me, the Steelers are going to get this game at home. They're the experienced playoff team. I think they have more individual greatness right now on the team than the Browns do. And simply put, I think that they're more ready for the situation where the Browns have a built-in excuse. Now, I'm curious to see what happens with this game as it kind of unfolds. I don't expect the Browns to use it necessarily as an excuse, but I can definitely see that coming out or that the Steelers put it up on them early and then they just kind of lie down. But I think the Browns are probably at least a good year away from being where they should be. I think they need another year where they've really built on what they did this year. I mean, it's been, gosh, almost 18 years since they were last in the playoffs. The last time they were in the playoffs, can you even name who their starting quarterback was? Kelly Holcomb. Eric Crouch. Eric Crouch never played quarterback (laughs) in the NFL. I don't know. But that's just what I'm saying. I think that they have they have to build multiple years of a culture around being a franchise that's in the playoffs, that's used to winning, and kind of get themselves into that. Even the Bills. I think this is the third time they've been in the playoffs in like four years, and they had to kind of build that winning mentality over time. The Seahawks made a playoffs before they drafted Russell Wilson, and then they had a couple of years before they finally got to a Super Bowl. So I I just think that one or two playoff runs or seasons where you've had some decent success is needed before you get to that. As far as the Rams-Seahawks, in another year, I would absolutely agree with you. But both of these offenses have been almost pitiful the last, I don't know, six games. The Seahawks' defense has looked a lot better, and the Rams have probably the best defense in the league. But I just, I think with how this game played out two weeks ago when the Rams went up to Seattle and had a chance to basically lock down the division and neither team could score or even move the ball for most of the game, I just don't see that being a very entertaining playoff watch. With that, we'll go through these. I have a question for each of these games that I tried to do my best to design kind of what the talking point is going into this game. But we'll start with the first one and kind of move our way through. So the first one up this weekend at 12.05 Central Standard Time on CBS this weekend is Colts at the Bills. Bills are currently favored by seven at home. Josh Allen has been extremely hot lately. Can he be slowed down by a Colts defense that hasn't nearly been as good in the second half of the season as they were in the first? Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it right on the head. Like the Colts defense at the beginning of the year is kind of completely different than who they are right now. But that being said, they still give up only the 10th fewest points to opposing quarterbacks. But three or three out of the last four weeks, they've given up 30 plus points to their quarterback. The lone one that wasn't 30 points was Mike Glennon in week 17. So you can kind of just write that off. Josh Allen has been hot, like hot, hot. I don't think this Colts defense is going to be a team that's going to be able to slow him down, especially in Buffalo. I I don't see it happening. So, yeah, I think Josh Allen is going to have another big game, and we're really, really going to see the coming out party of Josh Allen in these playoffs because I think the Bills can be a team that can win a couple of games. I don't think the Colts can score with the Bills, so it, it requires the Colts' defense to be uh, able to do something nobody else has been able to do recently. And Miami right now might have the second-best defense in the league, and they got absolutely hammered by the uh, Bills last weekend. I don't see it. I think the Bills roll easily in this one. It's why it's probably the first game up on the slate because Bills fans are looking forward to uh, letting their team roll for another week and that weird Bills Mafia thing with the ketchup and mustard and whatever the hell they're doing. (laughs) Enjoy it, Bills fans. You finally have a team after like 20-some years. Um, Basically a generation. 
Yeah, or they whatever they do. They, they all go and crazy, stuff. and it, it's fun That's actually a to see a fan base that hasn't been involved in a long time get their due. So enjoy it. Uh, you've got a long way to come. I saw somebody comment that they had been talking to some of the NFL GMs, and because Josh Allen is a bigger, uh, stronger um potentially more durable quarterback that some of them would actually choose to start their franchise with Josh Allen right now over Patrick Mahomes. I think that's an incredible statement if, if anybody's actually making that one, but he has been so hot right now that I can't really uh, argue against it. All right, let's go to the Rams Seahawks game. The Seahawks are at home. They are favored by four and a half. Last I checked that game is at three forty central standard time on Fox. So can the Rams defense outscore the Seahawks offense? Because I don't see We're not sure whether Jared Goff is going to play this game. The Rams defense last week, I think, got a pick six and uh, a safety. So out of their like 18 points, like eight of it was on the defense. Basically, can the Rams defense um, put up enough points or their special teams or whatever you want to put uh, in for them enough to actually win this game? That's a tall task, you know, asking the defense to outscore the offense. So for that reason, I'm going to say no. But I understand the point of your question is, one, they're kind of polar opposites. You know, one offense is really, really, really bad, and the other offense is pretty bad. But they're, they're, um, the defense, that Rams defense is really, really good. You know, Dylan Ramsey has been locking down DK Metcalf every time they've played so far this year. Like, he hasn't really had a really huge game in the first matchup I don't I think he only had one catch if I recall like it's it's been so you kind of take out that portion of the game I think Jalen Ramsey comes to play again and he'll be locking down DK so yeah what do you got you know you have Chris Carson and hopefully Tyler Lockett has one of those oh Tyler Lockett came out of nowhere games that still keeps him relevant year after year in fantasy but not really some guy that you can depend on I don't think the Rams D outscores the Seahawks offense, but wouldn't surprise me, I guess, if it did. But no, I don't I don't think so. I'm not seeing that either. Russell Wilson has this weird magical quality, especially in the playoffs, that uh, allows him to do some crazy things. And they've been able to make just enough plays to win games right now. I think the magical number for Seattle is 20. If they can basically get to 20 points, I can't see the Rams scoring with them enough to win this game. If the Rams defense can somehow keep them under that, then they've got a good legitimate shot, even depending on who's at quarterback. Because I I think that number's the same whether it's uh, Jared Goff or Heineke, whoever the backup is. So let's go to the Buccaneers at Washington. This game is on at 7.15 Central Standard Time on NBC. Buccaneers are currently favored by eight on the road at Washington. And realistically, I think that these are two of the best defensive fronts in the league. And that's basically been what's uh, been able to get Washington to this point, that they have a legitimate pass rush. They have a great defensive front that might be able to pressure Tom Brady into some mistakes. Do you see which of these defensive fronts, though, do you think controls the game? You know, Tom Brady's going to have to go back to a pretty cold, cold environment. Not super cold, but cold enough. You know, and he said earlier this year how he never wants to go back and play in a cold weather place again, especially, you know, as a home home place. So living in Florida and then going to Washington, you know, I'm sure it's a little bit of, of shock. So that leads me to believe, because weather, believe it or not, plays a difference in games like this. I don't think it'll play a difference enough for Washington to win. But I think it plays a difference enough where that the defensive front can get to Tom Brady, rush him, and at least put a shot on him, especially in the cold where it's like, ow, that hurts. I really don't want to have that happen to me again. I can, I, For me, I feel like Washington's front will have a better game than Tampa Bay's front, but Tampa Bay is such a powerful, strong, just good team that they'll end up winning and it won't really make Washington's front look that great. But I think that Washington gets to Tom Brady a little bit. I wouldn't be shocked or even necessarily surprised to see Washington win this game because I think the the Buccaneers have a tendency not to show up early in games and then have to play catch up. I don't know if you can do that against this defensive front, if they can pin their ears back and really let you go. But the other thing I'll say is, is that Washington 
uh, you have been occasionally able to run the football on them this year. I think with Ronald Jones, if they have him healthy, Leonard Fournette, that they can play some power run game, take the pressure off of Tom Brady, and really see what they have going forward in that. I would guess that Tampa will likely win this game, and probably by a good margin, just because of how hot they've been the last few weeks. But I, I'll be curious to see kind of how that one wins out, because if Washington gets up early, I I think this will be a little bit more competitive than the uh, gambling scoreline indicates. Fun Ronald Jones fact for you, though. So Jonathan Taylor finished the year with 1,100 yards, you know, 1,169 mm-hmm. rushing yards on 47.8% of snaps. Ronald Jones finished the year with 978 rushing yards on 47.4% of snaps, and he missed two games uh, due to COVID. You know, he was on a better pace than Jonathan Taylor was. He would have finished 100 yards more. So, you know, I've said it a couple times to begin with. I don't understand why there is running back controversy in Tampa Bay. Like, I think Ronald Jones is the better back. You just got to get him the work. You know, Ronald Jones, I think, is somebody, especially moving into next year with Leonard Fournette probably being gone, somebody that you should look into adding, especially if you can get him this offseason for the low. Yeah, I don't know what this team is going to be because I think there are a lot of things up in the air. If for whatever reason that they win the Super Bowl, I can see Brady retiring. I don't know if that will happen, either scenario. I, I I think there's a possibility that if he wins the Super Bowl, he'll just say, uh, fuck all of you and come back again. He'll come back again. Absolutely. Because just he's a he's we can't get rid of him. He's like a parasite. (laughs) Anyway, the only other road team favored this weekend is the Ravens at the Titans. Twelve oh five Central Standard Time on Sunday on ESPN ABC. They're currently favored by three and a half points. But these two teams are really controlled by how they run the football. So which of these teams rushing attack ends up with the better game? So you're asking me if Derrick Henry is going to have more yards than Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins. Well, basically, I mean, everything that the Titans do offensively (laughs) runs off of Derrick Henry and everything that the Baltimore team does runs off of their running game, either through Lamar Jackson or J.K. Dobbins. And so I think the whichever team is able to control the other's running game has the keys to winning this this matchup. I would say that I am more confident in the Ravens to be able to contain the uh, Titans running game than I am the Titans to be able to stop anything that the Ravens are doing right now. But that remains to be seen. Baltimore, they give up the 12th fewest points to running backs this season, but they gave up 133 yards and a touchdown to Derrick Henry in week 11 when they played him. Equals out to about 22, 23 fantasy points. You, It's hard to bet against what Derrick Henry is doing, especially this time of year. You know, we talk about it all the time. It's Derrick Henry's season. But then you go to Tennessee and they give up the seventh most points to running backs. You know, and they gave up 70 yards on 15 carries and a touchdown to J.K. Dobbins earlier this year. You imagine he'll probably get more work this year time around than he did last time around. And they still gave up. I'm looking at it right now. And they still gave up 51 yards to Lamar Jackson as well rushing. So it's a really good question. It's kind of a horse apiece. So for me, I guess I'm going to take Derrick Henry just because Derrick Henry season the the colder weather i know it's still in tennessee not crazy cold but just this time of year everybody's kind of worn down he's not somebody that you want to see this time of year he's just not he's big he's mean he's no fun to tackle i'm gonna go derrick henry and the titans have more rushing yards i'm gonna go with the ravens because they spread it out a little bit more with the amount of players that they have running the ball and so they can attack you in a lot of different ways whereas the Tennessee game is rather focal to one guy. I also, as I mentioned before, I'll take the fact that the Ravens have just a better defense right now than the Titans do. But I think this is probably the closest game of the weekend right now. And the one that's likely to produce a kind of an unusual finish by what we might expect. So I, I think this one's a lot closer. And if I were to maybe say there's going to be an upset. This is one I might be lurking around, but I'm pretty confident with the way the Ravens are playing right now and the fact that they get to uh, go to Tennessee to basically do to the Titans what they did to the Ravens last year. Let's go to the Bears and Saints game. This is on 
uh, Nickelodeon slash CBS at 3.40 Central Standard Time on Sunday. Why the hell the NFL in its greater wisdom? I'm so pumped. I am so pumped, dude. You have no idea. I am. I'm going to watch it on Nickelodeon. I am. This is one of the weirdest decisions I think I've ever seen the NFL do. I mean, it's bad enough when they play all these games on NFL Network and then they're not available to the general public at large. But, I mean, this is just ridiculous. But anyway. Um, You're saying as a Pop Warner that, kid, you wouldn't have wanted to watch a playoff game on Nickelodeon? That was Come 20 on. years ago. I'm saying the kids unless they're now, going man. to. Unless they're going to bring Keenan Thompson on for the halftime entertainment <laughs> or they're going to slime somebody when they score a touchdown. I really don't think that there's any advantage to having the game on Nickelodeon for whatever the hell reason they did. If, if I'm Elvin Kamara, I'm figuring out a way to wear like some slime type shoes for sure. Like find me again. I don't care. That's what I would do. I would be having so much fun with this one. Anyway, okay. let's get serious. Let's assume <laughs> Alvin Kamara is back. He, if uh, he passes all of his protocols, he could be back right in time for Sunday's game. Had this game been on Saturday, apparently he would have missed it, but there is a chance that he plays on Sunday. The rest of the uh, Saints running back room is okay, so at worst they'll have Latavius Murray, which has proven out that they can at least make do with him being their primary back. But these are two short yardage passing games, either between uh, Drew Brees and his lack of air yards, which has been a major talking point the entire season, or the fact that the Bears have basically adjusted their offense to be a rather horizontal as opposed to vertical offense, and most of their stuff is really short. How many passes of more than 15 yards will we see from either offense? Okay, I was going to specify if you meant. Man, I guess it's kind of tough to say. Can you give me an over-under, I guess? I'd rather do that. Five. Pick. Ooh. Uh, here, I'll even do this. No, five, I'd yeah. take the over on five. five. I would take the over on five. I guess for me, I... And then you think about it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to take the over of five and a half. I'll See, I have a really good way of figuring out questions that they're, like, right on the line. And the more <laughs> you think about it, it's like a Chinese finger trap. That the more you think yeah, about five, it, the worse it is. Five and a half doesn't seem like a lot, but then you're like... I'm taking Maybe the under. it is. I'm taking the under. Yeah. I mean, I'd be almost willing to bet that the, because the Saints aren't going to need to throw the ball that that deep. Like the one redeeming quality that's going to potentially happen is, is that the Bears defense uh, kind of shuts things down in the interior. But the Saints can get out on the edge, too. And I just don't see them needing to throw the ball deep in order to win this game, I, especially in New Orleans. So. I think that the Bears, they only threw it, I think, over 15 yards once last weekend against the Packers. And that would have been a team that you could have, or in That was picked off past. then, wasn't it? No, that was the one they completed. Oh, excuse me, oh, they threw a second one. That was the one that was picked off at the end of the game. So I, I forgive me that they did have two. But either way, I think there's going to be a stat about middle of the game, somewhere in halftime, where they're going to put up a, a the yardage chart like so everything is five yards or shorter 10 to 15 yards down the field and then they'll have that weird one of over 25 yards or something like that and there will be like one or two balls from either quarterback and i'm gonna i i I can almost swear that that's gonna end up being the case in this game i just don't see either team really throwing the ball very much down the field i think the saints are a more dynamic team doing this horizontal game and then allowing their guys to run after the catch that's not plays of 15 yards. That's a throw that goes over 15 yards in air yards. So, all right, last game of the weekend. We've kind of already talked about it, but Browns at Steelers. Uh, last I checked, again, it was at minus four for the Steelers at home, 7:15 Central Standard Time on NBC. Who has the better game, Baker or Ben? You know, part of me... Actually, I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to go Baker Mayfield. I feel like he's not as much of a a gunslinger as he was the last couple of years. I feel like, and I feel like they have more trust in him too. With Ben, you kind of feel like he's getting old, you know, like right before our eyes. He's starting out the season really, really strong and 
now this last month, you the Pittsburgh Steelers even look in the mirror and they don't know who they see. And I think that starts with the big guy up front, Big Ben. So for me, I'm going to go with Baker. I think just the opportunity that they have, I think he seizes that moment. I ultimately think this is the key to the game because the Steelers' defense is better than the Browns, but the Browns have probably uh, at least a decent enough defense to shut down the running game of the Steelers. So then it's a matter of, all right, if the Browns can't run the ball on the Steelers because of their front seven, and the Steelers can't run the ball because they're just that bad at it, so now you have to rely on either of these passing games. I think this ultimately is the question to how this game is going to be determined. And if that's the case, I'll take the team that I probably or that I think is going to win. I'll go with Ben, but reluctantly. I don't think he's looked good over the last few games. I think if the Steelers do win this game, it's pretty much handing a trip to the AFC title game to the Bills because I don't think there's any way Pittsburgh can go up to Buffalo right now and win a game. So Ultimately, I think that's going to end up being a dud next weekend in the divisional round. But right now, with the circumstances the way they are for the Browns and not knowing who their play caller is going to be, I'll go with the Steelers and Ben, kind of by default. All right, so upset of the week. I had to put one down. And so this is going to be a little less of an exercise of confidence than I otherwise would. I don't think any of the underdogs win this weekend. If you're talking based on the points, I can see a couple of them basically getting under the line. But if I have to pick one team to upset the other, the most realistic one that I have on the list right now is Washington over Tampa Bay. I just think that Tampa Bay has this weird quality to not show up for like the first half of games. And if you get down and you start allowing Chase Young to basically pin his ears back and come at Tom Brady and potentially crush him, I don't know what's going to happen in this game. So I think that if there's any of them that could happen that way, I think this is the closest one. The second one I would say is maybe the Titans figuring out how to beat the Ravens. But I have a little bit more confidence in the Ravens right now than I do in Tampa Bay. What was your upset pick? And I'm going to go with the Browns for everything that I kind of said before. I think these are two teams that are going in completely different directions. Yes, I know Cleveland has the COVID thing that they're dealing with right now. Kind of going to look past it because it's something that you, they've been, the whole NFL has been dealing with all year long, and hopefully they'll figure out a way, especially with the opportunity that they have to overcome it. If I was to do a second one, I also would feel like the Titans having a pretty decent chance of beating Baltimore. All right. So my playoff MVP of the week, though, uh, Give me or Lamar Jackson, and I'll put it this way. Aaron Rodgers had a huge game against the Titans two weeks ago. Deshaun Watson had a huge game against them last weekend. Give me anybody playing the Titans defense right now. I'll take Lamar Jackson in a game where I think there could be a lot of points. Interesting. Uh, For me, I am going to go with Alvin Kamara. I think he's going to be a really big part of that offense. You know, this is all if he plays or not. I think he'll be a really big part of that offense. Obviously, in the passing game, he'll be a really big part of the offense as well. And then if they get down, if he's healthy, you know, he's still going to get his run. With running backs, they kind of don't. You you get up big, you kind of don't worry about them still not getting their work. So I'm going to go Elvin Kamara. Do you have a backup in case he doesn't play? Backup in case he doesn't play. I'll go Josh Allen because I really think he has a big game against Indy. Yeah, I thought about taking Stephon Diggs. Yeah, yeah, I could. I thought about it too, but quarterback, I'll match your quarterback. I'll go Josh Allen. That's fine. All right, so because this is the first round of the playoffs, let's revisit our preseason playoff predictions. Uh, hey, mine are to. potentially worse than yours. Mine are so bad. But if you recall, I said I did. I hate doing this. I hate doing this. Oh, I know. It, it was an exercise <laughs> in futility. But uh, I got three I know, of I know. Mine are bad. Some of this could happen, but uh, I don't feel particularly confident in my preseason, pre-season <laughs> picks. I had Dallas beating Seattle in the NFC Championship game. I had Pittsburgh over Kansas City in the uh, AFC Championship game. And I had Pittsburgh over Dallas in the Super Bowl, one of those classic Pittsburgh-Dallas Super Bowl matchups. 
you had the Saints over Dallas, so that one can still ha- uh, somewhat happen. The Saints can go to the Super Bowl. You had the Ravens over the Patriots, and uh, I think your quote is, people re- forget oh, how good up. Cam really is, which it looked what really good for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Uh, and it lo- Cam looks good when he plays the Jets, but yep, uh, yep. Saints over Ravens. That one is still alive. You still have a potential for that one to happen, and that actually could be a, a very reasonable playoff prediction. So don't give up too much hope. But if we were to I reevaluate, I can't believe because, none of us had the Packers in there. I can't believe well, none of us had the Packers in there. I, I, I mean, schedule, and I didn't think they were going to be a great team. I think I had them in the playoffs, but I didn't have them even winning the division. I think I had Minnesota. So I, for me, I just, I guess I didn't want to be a homer. Like I would honestly, I'd pick the Packers to go 16 0 every single year. I would. And I think that's part of it too, because I'm not realistic about it. Well, and that's the thing. Like I swore to myself, I I made a bet back. Gosh, this would have been like the year 2000, 2001 or something on the Packers beating the Jets in like a week 17 game for the playoffs and they lost that game. I think that would have been about 2002, if I if I'm remembering now right, because I think that was the year we lost to the Jets. Then we had to go home or had a home game playoff against Atlanta, and that was the game Michael Vick broke the undefeated Lambo streak in the playoffs or whatever it was. Anyway, I swore what I would a never shitty game. Yeah, I know. Anyway, I remember specifically saying I will never bet on my own teams again. And I follow that religiously because I get way too much in one direction or the other. I'm a nervous Nelly as a fan, and I am probably one of the most overconfident people sometimes because I watch them a little too closely as opposed to the objective person. So I usually can remove myself enough to be somewhat objective, but there's always that little bit of subjectivity because of my ruining interest that's there and thus just stay away from my opinions on my specific teams. Given the fact that I'm an owner of the team, I think I'm a little bit biased, but uh, let's repick our playoff predictions. Do you want to go first or second? I will give you the preference. Uh, I'll go second. That's fine. I'll go second. All right. So I'm going to pick each individual playoff matchup and we'll work our way up. So I have the Bills beating the Colts. I have the Seahawks beating the Rams. I have the Buccaneers beating Washington. I have the Ravens beating the Titans. I have the Saints beating the Bears, and I have the Steelers beating the Browns. Uh, Since I already said that the Bills would clearly beat the Steelers in the uh, divisional round to go to the AFC Championship game, that one's already out. I have Kansas City continuing their streak over Baltimore in the uh, divisional round in order to host a uh, game against Josh Allen and the Bills in what I think might amount to one of the most anticipated AFC championship games in years uh, as we get two of the best quarterbacks in the league uh, going against each other. I think this could end up being the new Brady Manning kind of uh, super matchup, although we had been hoping that that was going to be Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. It might end up being Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. That being said, uh, until I see somebody beat Kansas City, I'm taking Kansas City. Uh, I know a lot of people are hot on the Buffalo bandwagon, but I'm going to bet on the guy that probably could have been the MVP twice in a row, possibly three times in a row. The guy who I still think is the best player in the league, who has some of the best weapons in the league. Just give me Kansas City in the Super Bowl. From the NFC, uh, with the Saints winning, with the Buccaneers winning, with the Seahawks winning, and the Packers on a bye, that means that the Buccaneers would go up to Green Bay Uh, In a close game, I'm going to pick the Packers to barely squeak by uh, the Buccaneers in that one. I will also pick uh, the Saints to beat at home the Seattle Seahawks and just barely outscore them, meaning that Drew Brees and his uh, Tin Man arm are going to need an oil can to come up to Green Bay for the NFC Championship game in probably Drew Brees' last game as a Saint as the Saints somehow get a bad call yet again in an NFC playoff game and lose to the Packers in Lambeau, Aaron Rodgers goes back to the Super Bowl for his second time. And in that game, again, until I see somebody do it, I'm taking Kansas City. But I have Kansas City rectifying Super Bowl one and beating the Green Bay Packers. All right. Um, for you, really you're going to have to set the seating up. Yeah, you're going to have to set the seat. This- 
the well, the just seeding. pick the games and I'll help you. Pick, I'll pick the games. Yeah, for me, I'm gonna go uh, Bills over the Colts. I'm going Seahawks over the Rams. I'm going Buccaneers over Washington. I'm gonna go Ravens over Tennessee. Saints over Chicago, and then I'm going Cleveland over Pittsburgh. All right, so then it would be Cleveland would play the Chiefs and. Uh, the Ravens Kansas would play City. the uh, Bills. So I would take Kansas City for sure against Cleveland. And then you have, I'm sorry, who is it? The Ravens and the Bills? The Ravens and the Bills. The and Ravens Buffalo. and the Bills. Yeah, that one would be a real fun one. And honestly, I got to say, man, I think I'm kind of on that Buffalo bandwagon. I kind of like how they play. I really like their demeanor, and I really like how happy Stefan Diggs is in Buffalo. Like, we're kind of really seeing the blossoming of a star, and I think he has that ability to be a superstar in this league. It just so happens that he played with two of the most, like, least marketable teams that the NFL has in Minnesota and Buffalo. I think if he was on, like, one of those New York teams, he'd be just as big as, like, an Odell Beckham was. But I really do like Buffalo, so I'm going to take Buffalo over Baltimore because I really do think that they have enough on offense to really give that Baltimore defense fits enough where the Baltimore offense can't keep up. All right, Buffalo at Kansas City. Buffalo at Kansas City. I also am going to take Kansas City. They're just they're one of the teams that are just super hard to bet against. And I don't think as good as Buffalo's secondary is, because I think they have a pretty decent secondary. I don't think they have enough to keep up with Kansas City and everything that they have going with Tyreek. And then, you know, Sammy Watkins went healthy and then you still have to deal with Travis Kelsey as well. Like, that's a lot. So I'm going to go with um, Kansas City over Buffalo. Buffalo had a really good run. I think they'll be in the Super Bowl in a couple of years. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with most of that. Uh, so yours aren't very dissimilar to my own. But uh, you picked the Seahawks and the Saints as well as the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers would play Green Bay. You know, I'm I'm telling you, man, that cold does something. And I know Tom Brady's played a million games in the cold, but – I had family that lived in Florida for all of three months and they came back in December and they never kind of adjusted until this, this winter. That cold is just something different and you never really get used to it. Once you get used to the warm weather that you're always in, it's really hard to adjust to. And I think that plays a pretty big role in the game. So I'm going to go green Bay and I think they win pretty decently, like not anywhere like 14 points or anything like that, but I think they win by six, maybe seven. I think there were a lot of factors, and most people are going to spend that entire week leading up to the game talking about the game that happened before it, which is going to piss off Green Bay that they laid such a dud in that game. And frankly, they had uh, the early 10-point lead, probably should have been 14 yeah, up early in that game, right. and then they had those two basically pick sixes. I, I think one of them was on like the one-yard line, and they punched it in. Everything and it changed. Flipped. Everything changed. And, yep. So yeah, I think I, they could, I think I think there's a possibility that Green Bay comes out a little bit angry in that one. Um, if they have some cold or some other factors, I, I just there's something about it that tells me that. And I think right now Tampa Bay is the bigger threat than New Orleans going into this. If for whatever reason, like the Bears pulled off a win against the the Saints, or like. Um, I'm trying to think the Rams pulled off a game against the Seahawks so that the Buccaneers had to go to New Orleans. I think that's an enticing uh, second round matchup. I just I'm not seeing it right now. But uh, Saints and Seahawks in New Orleans. I'm going to go New Orleans. I just don't think that Seattle has enough. Everything that they've been dealing with this year and that defense, I know they're better, but I still don't think they're good enough to stop the New Orleans offense. I think New Orleans has one of the more talented rosters, save for their limitations at quarterback right now. So I would tend to agree that the same or the Seahawks, if we got early season Seahawks that we haven't seen in a while, I would give them possibly an edge in this one with the way their defense has been played the last few weeks. But right now, as it sits, I, I just don't see Seattle winning multiple games in the playoffs right now. All right. So you have Saints going to Green Bay for the NFC championship game. Give me Green Bay all day long. They're so you and better. I both have a rematch of Super Bowl one, and do you have Kansas City or Green yeah, Bay? The only, diff only difference is we're going to have a repeat of Super Bowl one. 
ooh, we're going to have a hungover player go for two touchdowns and possibly win the Super Bowl MVP. And it's going to be Devontae Adams. <laughs> Technically, in that scenario, and this would be the, the strangest thing of all time, Devontae would get hurt during the game, and MVS or Alan Lazard would come in, and they'd be hungover, and they'd make some amazing play. Could you imagine MVS going off for like eight grabs for like 185 yards and two touchdowns? Well, more than that, they show this on uh, Super Bowl one coverage all the time, but like making these ridiculous one handed grabs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that would be uh, some just desserts. But now notice, folks, we picked both a ton of chalk. I will say the Super Bowl matchup has been between either the one or the two seed out of both conferences. I think like five out of the last six years or something like that, some ridiculous number or streak that we haven't had a lot of wild card teams uh, get into the Super Bowl for a while. So I think that there's going to be some chalk, but since we both picked the uh, Packers and Chiefs, it's more likely that we're going to get like the Buffalo Bills and the Saints. So we're likely to both be wrong, but let us have our fun. So with that, we have one last thing on our list of uh, possibilities to do, and I just thought it'd be, since we're a fantasy show, uh, we should make a little uh, bit of a wager of some variety. I don't know what the stakes should be necessarily yet. Maybe we can kind of put that online or something uh, to uh, entice. If you want to email in uh, what the potential stakes should be, uh, I'm okay with that too. But uh, we'll both pick 10 players. Only two of them can be quarterbacks, but two have to be quarterbacks. So you basically pick two quarterbacks and eight flex players. No kickers, no defenses, and you get the full total of their entire playoff output. So Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes both have bye weeks, but if they end up going to the Super Bowl and having like three games, three big games, um, they get the, you get the full total of what they put up over those three games. So with that, uh, I will give you the first pick in our playoff fantasy draft. With the first pick, Shea Dynasty selects Pavlin Kamara. All right. Let me write these down here. I think uh, New Orleans, they're going to play a couple of games, uh, more than one. I think he's going to be a big part of the offense. We all know that. He's a good player. So I'm going to go Alvin Kamara. We also know I like the guys that can do things in the passing game as well in the run game. And he is probably the best in the league at doing that. I'm going to take Josh Allen. Wow. I didn't think a quarterback would go that early. And I really didn't think that it would be Josh Allen would be the first one off the board. It's partly because he doesn't have the bye week. So he might have an extra week to put up some extra points um, in in these playoffs. But give me uh, Josh Allen with how hot he's been lately. I think uh, because we're going to use our own league scoring for this one. And the way that we score quarterbacks is a little bit more advantageous. Give me that guy. Um, Are we doing snake? So that would mean I get another pick or. Uh, All right. So I'll I'll take another pick here. Yes, we should. We should. I'm going to sandwich my players. I'm going to go Stefan Diggs. <laughs> you... <laughs> Interesting. So I have a feeling why... you were, you were going to take that one. And were, were there a couple of names no. that you wanted to uh, utter? No, not quite. It's just, I'm kind of surprised, you know, you have them in your Super Bowl, So you're there. You think they're going to play less games. So what's the reasoning? They're still going to have three games, and you know that if they get into an AFC Championship game against the uh, Chiefs, they're going to score a shit ton of points. So I really don't worry about them putting up uh, points, and I think they're going to at minimum get to the AFC Championship game based on who they're playing. Unless they, for whatever reason, get the um, Ravens in the second round, which, again, I still think they're going to put up points against. I just have a feeling that they're going to put up points and so sandwich the two guys together. I basically get all the points uh, that they're going to put up together. All right. All right. For me, my next pick, I am going to take number 17 from green Bay, Devonte Adams. And I was pretty close to going on this one myself, but I, I get it. My next pick is kind of, are you going to stack? You know, I, I, the only reason is because he doesn't play this week. But you know what? Frigate. I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill. I'm going to go double wide receiver. I'm going to go Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. 
So he's gonna have to root for Reek. <laughs> all right. Uh, boy. I mean, I could theoretically go all wide receivers on this one. But, um, you could. Oh boy, who do I who do I think is gonna have a, a huge game in this one yet? Um, well, I don't know if he's gonna be back. Boy, this there's a lot of. A I lot know, of man. There's a lot of here. different possibilities. Yep, yep. That's exactly what I was saying. There's a uh, lot of different possibilities of what you could do. Give me Travis Kelsey. Ah, you bastard. I didn't think you'd go tight end that early. But he's not a tight end. He's a wide receiver that plays tight end. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, hmm. It's a good pick. Boy, boy. Who else would I want? I mean, I have a sneaky one for the end, but I'm trying to think of how you'd pick and thus try and preempt some of that. Yeah, you did pretty well that in our regular fucking draft, you asshole. <laughs> I'll take DK Metcalf. Okay. Okay. He's a pretty bankable starter. Yeah. You know, he's just got to get past Jalen Ramsey, that's all. Yeah, I understand, but now, mind you, we've had seven picks so far. Only one has been a running back. I just want to make that Until clear. Until now, I'm going to take Derrick Henry. All right. I can buy it. Derrick Bloody Henry. All right. And your other pick? You know, then you start you looking, selected you know, a quarterback looking at yet. I know, I know, but I can't imagine you take another quarterback this early, right? Don't mess with my head. Leave me alone. I'm perfectly fine. Buzz off. I'm not even looking at you on the screen. Damn, yeah, it's getting down to the nitty-gritty. I'm going to go next pick. I'm going to go Mike Evans from Tampa Bay. Interesting. All right. I think he's built a really good rapport with Tom Brady, and I think they play for a couple games at least. That's not a bad one. That's not a bad one. I'm going to take Aaron Jones. Okay. Just because yeah, I think I, I got to have at least one good running back, and I think he's probably the next guy up. There are a couple Absolutely. other guys I have some uh, some eyes on, but I, I think that's probably the, the next closest one. And I'm going to really lean heavily into this, but I'm going to go Cole Beasley. That's a really, really good pick. It's a sneaky one. A I know. a sneaky good pick. Some guy that could play a couple of games, you're right, he'll put up decently well, enough. I points. know that we don't have full point PPR. We only have half point in, in our particular league for our scoring. But he just seemed to be like the guy that was the safety blanket a lot, although Stefan Diggs is there. But basically, you know, you, you uh, erase most of the other possibilities with um, Buffalo. And that tandem right now has been really hot. So I'll, I'll double up on that and go with the trifecta. All right, how many more picks we got? We've so you six, have right? five so players, four. you have five to go, so you got two more right now, and then you've got three more after this. I am going to go, my next pick, I'll finally take a quarterback, I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers from right. Duke Community College. My next one, just so you can't have him, I am going to go quarterback Pat Mahomes. It's Patrick. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry mom. That's fine. I'm going to go Tom Brady. Okay. And I'm going to double up on that and stack it. I'm going to go Antonio Brown. Really? Over Chris Godwin, huh? You think Antonio's the new guy? I think he's starting to become Antonio Brown again. I don't know what it is, but the last couple of weeks, I, I, there's he's just... good. He's looked good. He's looked good. So... You've got three picks left, my friend. My next pick, I am going to go A.J. Brown, Tennessee Titans. Yeah, that's a good one. I didn't remember him. I should have. Shame on me. You can have Corey Davis. <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, now I'm looking for people that are going to play for more than... Mm-hmm. One game. Next person, I guess I'm going to take a flyer. I'm going to go Chase Claypool. All right. Your thoughts? No, ch for being the guy who picked the Browns, I'm surprised Nick Chubb hasn't come out yet. 
Yeah, I just don't oh. see you, unless you take him now, I don't see you going back. I'm going to go with J.K. Dobbins. That's a great pick, and that was my next one. <laughs> I just didn't think you'd take him. All right. That's part of the problem. If I knew CEH was going to play, I might pick him here, because this is I think this is my last one. Uh, yeah, this is my last pick. You have one more after this. All right, so if the Steelers have two games... I'm going to go Deontay Johnson. All right. All right, so you got one. No, you just have one. I am going to go with Nicholas Chubb, running back. By way of Georgia. (laughs) Georgia. Yeah, no kidding, right? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so. a professional. I will keep these points. We will update them weekly over the course of the show, and we will uh, give them back to you as we kind of go along. But these are going to be our playoff picks. And uh, how do you feel about your team? I like it. Not bad to go with Samira, Adams, Reek, and Henry there as your first four. Yeah, I feel feel good. If Mike Evans is healthy, that might be sneaky. I was just very concerned with him and that – Weird hyperextended knee after last week. Yeah. I just felt he's too good to pass up. He's too good to pass up. And if it went too long, I knew you'd take him. Pretty much. <laughs> I Basically, at this point, uh, me and Bill's Mafia are like uh, um, two peas in a pod, though. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, you might be higher on the Bill's Mafia than I am. Well, clearly. I mean, I got three of their players. So. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you to all the listeners and Dynasty players out there. We appreciate you. Uh, Thank you for a successful Season 1. We will be back again next week to preview the divisional round as we get you ready for Super Bowl 55. But until then. Wear a mask. Go Pack Go. We'll talk to you next week. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan. It is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our technical provider and distributor is Anchor FM.